What's up, Endurifiers? This is Mario, and I'm back with another episode of Endurify. And if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, which was the top 10 mistakes that first-time triathletes make, then stop what you're doing, go back and listen to that episode. Because uh, basically what I want to do is I shared from triathlete.com the top 10 most common first-time triathlete mistakes. And what I asked you is to go through those those uh, 10 and circle maybe the top two or three that you're least confident in or the ones that you feel like, oh, I might be making those mistakes. Because what I'm going to do today is I'm going to go through that list and I'm going to share solutions to those top 10 problems. So really want this to be practical for you, want this to be actionable for you. Uh, and I want to set you up for success for your first triathlon, or maybe it's your first long distance uh, triathlon. Maybe it's a half Ironman or a full Ironman. Maybe it's not even a triathlon. Maybe it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's an ultra marathon or something like that. So uh, with that in mind, let's get into it. So uh, the number one most common uh, first-time triathlete mistake is not being familiar with swimming in open water. And like I said, this is, you know, swimming in open water is just completely different from swimming in the pool where you have the lines, you can clear, you can clearly see where you are. Uh, once you get into a lake or the ocean, you're not really going to be able to see uh, where you're at. And so um, a lot of triathletes find this lack of visibility to be kind of, uh, kind of scary. So Really, the solution here is you you want to get as much experience with non-pool swim environment before race day. And you want to just get as many kind of open water swims as you can. I recommend at least two to three open water swims with your wetsuit uh, so that you can actually, you know, get get. Uh, familiar with that open water swimming uh, experience. Now, if you don't have access to an open water uh, or a body of water like a lake, then what you can do is you can practice swimming in your pool uh, with your eyes closed kind of at short intervals uh, in the weeks leading up to race day. Or if you have a, a pair of like old kind of scratchy or foggy goggles, try those goggles um, and you know you can practice swimming in those. And it's definitely not the same as swimming in open water, but it is better than nothing. So those are a few things that you can try. Uh, another thing that I did a podcast on recently is uh, this woman named Addie who just completed her first half Ironman to get comfortable with open water swimming. Uh, she had her son come and uh, kind of pull on her arms, poke her, prod her, and kind of hit her as she was swimming in the pool. So she, she could get familiar with having that feeling of having triathletes swimming to the left of you, to the right of you, above you, uh, below you, like you get in open water. So that's the solution for the top, uh, top mistake that first-time triathletes make. Now, number two is not practicing running after biking. So this is a big thing. You need to get your legs simulated to what it's like to run after, you know, being on your bike and just instantly running. And um, so the solution here is uh, it's important to include several bike then run workouts or brick workouts um, in your training. And an easy place to start is just start with a 10 minute run after your longest bike for the week. And do that at least four weeks before your race. And just be be ready to have this weird sensation in your legs. Uh, some people say that they're called brick workouts because your legs are going to feel like bricks when you do that. Um, 
And when you first, you know, when you first get off the bike and you start running, your legs are going to feel stiff, but just keep going, keep pushing. And eventually, if you start off a little bit slower than you normally do, which is what I recommend, your legs are going to eventually kind of settle in. And that is going to help simulate what you're going to feel on race day. So um, it's going to feel a little bit better each time or a little bit a little bit less strange each time you do this and so that's the the most important thing so number three is uh, forgetting gear and having too much gear in the transition area um i rattled off yesterday uh like 10 or 15 different things that you need to bring to a triathlon uh the solution here is to come up with a race day gear checklist several days like a week before the race and list out everything that you need from the time that you wake up uh, to the time that you're done with the race and write down your list, uh, go through kind of before the race, go through the swim, go through transition, go through the bike, go through transition, and then the run and after the race, write down all of the things that you need, share it with uh, a friend or you know, share it with me if you want. You can email me at mario at endurify.co. I'll review it for you um, and see if you're missing anything. So then when it comes to the night before the race, you just pull out your checklist, you make sure you have all of your gear, and then you show up on race day. So I've been using a triathlon checklist uh, with Emily, uh, my wife, for the past like eight years and we're still adding things to the list. It's kind of crazy, but uh, we've got this one down. So this is what I recommend for all of you. Number four, can't find your bike or racking spot during uh, transition. So this is after the swim, you get out of the, the lake, you're, you're jogging up to transition, you got to try and find your bike. Um, and it's going to be hard. You're going to be tired. You're going to be thinking a million different things. And all you need to do is you need to find your transition area uh, and your racking spot to find your bike. Um, so basically what you can do is what I like to do is I try and simulate this before the race. So once I get my, my bike set up, I'll go at the, the entrance of the transition and I will start to count how many rows I need to go through and if I need to turn left or right to find my bike. Um, so I'll start to count, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight rows, and then I turn right. So I have kind of a little simulation, and then also what I do is I pick a landmark that is near my bike that can help me, uh, you know, help me know if I've gone too far uh, so that I can find my bike. So the most important thing is to kind of go through the transition at least once mentally, start to simulate, okay, how many rows is it? Do I turn right or left? And then try and find uh, a landmark that can help you. Um, so that is something that's going to help you uh, find your bike. Now, number five is going off course on the swim. And I talked about this where even in a sprint triathlon, if it's like 500 meters, sometimes uh, I'll swim more than that uh, because I'm going off course or I'm zigzagging. Now, the solution to this is what a lot of uh, open water swimmers know, which is just called sighting. So this is basically where you pick your head up out of the water to spot the buoy you're swimming towards. Um, and this is where that top tip of open water swimming is really important because when you're practicing your open water swimming, you're going to want to practice sighting. And uh, some people sight 
um, every maybe four strokes. Some people cite every six strokes. Some people cite every 10 strokes. So when you're open water swimming, you're just going to want to practice that um, and see what works for you. Um, another thing is if you can't uh, practice your sighting in uh, in open water, like I said before, you can practice this in the pool. You can close your eyes. You can take four, uh, you know, four uh, strokes, and then you open your eyes and you peek your head up and just make sure that you're swimming straight and repeat that process. So sighting is a big one. So uh, we've done the top five. We're getting into six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. And six, seven, and eight are all about nutrition. So the first one is getting the what of fueling wrong. So what that means is, you know, nutrition is very personalized for each person, uh, for each of us. That's because we're all different shapes and sizes. Our bodies tolerate uh, some foods well, whereas other people don't tolerate those things as well. And so um, really what you want to do is you need to practice your training or practice your fueling in training. And so uh, when you're going for your long bikes, when you're going for your long rides, you need to test out what carbs are easy to to digest for you. Um, Maybe there's gels, maybe there's chews, maybe there's sports drinks that work for you. Um, You need to test that out in your training. And then the same thing goes for your race day breakfast. So you know, you can focus on things that are high in carbs and low in protein and fat like granola bars, oatmeal, bagels, and bananas, but you need to test it out in your training and see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And then when it comes to race day, you need to just use what you know works. Uh, So that's kind of figuring out what do I need to use for nutrition. Uh, The next big question and the next big common mistake is getting how much of fueling and hydrating wrong. Um, so the solution here, according to triathlete.com is, you know, as a rough guideline, you'll want 300 to 500 calorie breakfast, and then about 200 and 200 to 300 calories per hour during the race. And, uh, to make life easy, uh, most gels are hundred calories per packet and chews often come in math friendly serving sizes as well. Uh, and sports drinks have, you know, their calories per bottle. So you're just going to check the nutrition information. But that main, uh, that main guideline that they provide on triathlete.com is 200 to 300 calories per hour. Um, and then from a hydration standpoint, guidelines are a little bit, uh, a little trickier uh, as individual needs vary widely. And everyone's hydration needs with temperature and humidity uh, vary. But Basically, what you want to do as just a starting point is you'll want to aim to consume a standard bike bottle's worth of, of water or uh, I, I do like Gatorade Endurance um, each hour. And so, you know, a, a bottle per hour and you're going to want to consume that, you know, every 15 to 20 minutes, just kind of consistently uh, fueling, you know, six to eight ounces every 15 to 20 minutes. That should be a good, uh, a good starting point for you with hydration. And obviously the hotter the day is, the more humid the day is, the more you're going to be sweating and the more uh, water and Gatorade and electrolytes that you're going to need. So that's number seven. Number eight is getting the when of fueling wrong. Um, so other guidelines from triathlon.com, um, because a lot of people here, uh, just to set this one up, they wait way too long before they start fueling. And so it's better to come in with an actual plan of 
you know, 15 minutes before the swim, I'm going to do this. 15 minutes after the swim, I'm going to do this. Every 20 minutes on the bike, I'm going to do this. Every 30 minutes on the run, I'm going to do this, right? So you need to come in with a plan. And uh, the solution, again, according to triathlete.com, best practices include taking in about 100 calories of fueling 15 minutes before you get into the water to cover your energy needs for the swim and then start fueling and hydrating as soon as you start biking. Not halfway through, not whenever you happen to get hungry or thirsty, but right after you exit transition on your bike. And uh, a key part here is obviously being able to eat and drink while cycling. So in training, you may have taken a sip of your water bottle at stoplights or grabbed a snack while you were taking a break mid-ride. But on race day, you're not just going to stop and you know get out and have a little nibble or drink something. You need to practice fueling on the bike um, so that you know you're set up for race day uh, success. That also means just being able to like open uh, packs if it's a uh, if it's um, you know like an energy gel or um, opening like a Cliff Bar or like a sandwich or anything like that that you're going to be using depending on how long the race is. You're going to want to practice opening that up on the bike or. What I do is I open them up uh, before the race so that that way you don't need to worry about it. Uh, So number nine, we're almost there, guys. Uh, Number nine is not knowing the rules, okay? So this is uh, a very common mistake first-time triathletes make. You don't know what the rules are for drafting. You don't know what the rules are for uh, all sorts of things. But basically, all you need to do is you need to just read the race athlete's guide, Um, or you can attend an athlete briefing, or you can ask other triathletes who can explain to you the rules. Um, You can also go to uh, USA Triathlon's Most Common Rules Violations and uh, read through that. You just want to be prepared. This is all information that's provided before the race. You just want to make sure that you have a good idea of it. you know, big, uh, big mistakes that most people make, according to triathlete.com, is that you need to be a USA triathlon member to race, even if you just become a one day member. Um, you can't ride your bike in transitions. Once you, you know, go from the swim to the bike, you need to walk or kind of jog next to your bike. And then they have designated areas where you can actually get on your bike. Um, you can't get naked in transition. Uh, which a lot of people, you know, don't understand, but you just need to keep your bike shorts on or have your tri suit on underneath your wetsuit. Uh, so make sure that you you uh, you're aware of that. You also can't draft on the bike, which means you can't ride behind someone else uh, because that's kind of free speed and that's cheating. Uh, you also, for a lot of people, this is a, a a deal breaker for them almost. You can't wear headphones on the run um, and. I've seen like people post on Facebook groups where they're like, I have been training for this race and I just figured out that I can't wear headphones during the run. What the heck am I going to do? I need some help. Uh, So, you know, just practice running without headphones. It's really not that bad. So the last one, nothing new on race day. So a lot of people uh, make this mistake of trying new things, if that's gear, if that's nutrition or new strategies on race day. You just want to practice, you just want to execute what you do on race day with what you're practicing in training. So, you know, get to know the race venue, the course, the race day schedule before you uh, arrive. Um, The race director is going to provide all that information on the website or in emails. Uh, And if you haven't used a piece of gear in training, race day is not the time to test it out and just save it for 
next time. So there you have it. Those are the top 10 most common first-time triathlete mistakes and 10 solutions for those. And so uh, this is where I want to bring it back to you and just want to hear from you. Which of those 10 solutions were the most helpful for you? You know, I think I asked you to write down which of the two to three um you know, mistakes are the ones that you feel like you're likely going to make. And so just want to hear some feedback from you if you found uh, these solutions to be helpful. So go ahead and reach out to me, mario at endurify.co. I want to hear from you and let you know, uh, or have you let me know which of these were the most helpful for you. So um, that is what I have for today. I hope that that served you. Hope you all have an amazing day.